0: Hello and welcome to episode 106 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to encourage you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I'm joined once again by Envis Maloney, sales trainer at her business, Sales Training with Envis. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Envis.
1: Ah, good to be back.
0: In the last episode, Envis and I talked about the dangers of discounting, the impact that it can have on you and your business, and some alternatives that you can offer rather than cutting your pricing. So be sure to listen to that one if you missed it. But today, Envis, we are talking all about you and your business. So let's jump right in, start at the beginning, and go with what was it that first inspired you to start your own business?
1: This is a really interesting question for sales training with Envis because it is a phoenix from the ashes of what happened to my first business during the pandemic. And so the sales training with Envis business is coming up to 10 months old. So it is a baby business. And it started because frankly, I was put in a position where I needed a new plan. So last year, the pandemic really affected my established travel business. I don't think there's it could have been worse really. All the trips and the and the holidays that I'd been working hard to put together were stopped and cancelled in a flash really. And come September my husband in no uncertain terms was said, you need a new plan because travel, we can't sit around waiting for travel to come back. And it was a really strange moment in Terms of it being quite a challenge and a massive opportunity, because all of a sudden I was put in a position where I could totally redefine my business trajectory. And I felt really, really liberated to just do what I wanted to do, because there aren't many times in your life where you're just totally stopped in your tracks. And that you, you know, there was no waiting, you know, I think a lot of small business owners wait for the right moment or I'll wait. And after that, and you know, there is never really a good time, but that wasn't what propelled me. It was the fact that it was the only time I needed a new plan. My travel business was not making any income. There was no one traveling anywhere. There was a global halt to all flights, all the hotels were closed. And I've always loved Sales and selling. And I've been in sales and selling longer than I've been in travel. And when my husband and I went traveling for two years on the flight back, I said, I love travel. I love sales. So I'm going to sell travel. And that's how my first business came about. But I've always identified as a salesperson. I've always loved it. I've always, I've trained others. I've run teams. And this, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to, I don't know, sort of start again, like really start again. And you know, I think a lot of us get hauled back because we worry about what's the worst that can happen, but the worst had happened. I'd lost the business, my first business, and therefore I was totally liberated to put together a whole new idea, a whole new brand, and it has been amazing.
0: That's incredible, and it's so interesting because I've only known you through the sales training and then of course we've had conversations and I've learned more about your your history with your your first business so can I ask when you were looking for a new plan when you were looking for a new solution did you think that this might be a temporary solution until the travel business could come back or was this something that you're like I'm going to plan as though this is the new future as opposed to the travel
1: I didn't put that much pressure on myself to answer that question. Actually, I think I still don't know the answer that, to that question. I'm not sure who knows. We don't, especially since I was stopped in my tracks. I'm not sure if I can look ahead and know exactly where I'm going to go. Cause I don't know what tangents I'm going to take. What I do know is that I'm a really agile in business and I'm really fast. So I make a decision and I do it. And I don't spend any time worrying or sort of wasting time thinking about the detail. I just get on with it. And that has those skills have really helped this year because I've moved at pace and established a brand new business, which probably from the outside looks a lot older than it is. And I've worked with some phenomenal clients. I've it's just been a pressure cooker of learning, development and brand building. And uh, yeah, it's been a phenomenal year.
0: That's incredible. I love, I love that you've, you have so much thinking back to how I was in the first 10 months of my business and thinking how I am within the early few months of my second business, the confidence and the conviction and just the the sheer knowledge and gravitas that you have when it comes to talking about your business, I I thought it was much, much older than it was. So it's, it's fascinating to hear that it's just kind of, it's not even just the circumstances. I think that for me, this feels just like your approach to business is very much, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah. So I, I feel like I didn't have the luxury of too much choice. I wasn't allowed to not, I would either have to go and get a job or I can pursue a new business venture. I didn't have much time to worry. You know, I just had to get it going because otherwise, frankly, my husband would be like, go and get a job. (laughs) And I don't feel like I want to be employed. I really feel like my true strength and character, like want to be an entrepreneur. And actually, you know, it is a massive learning curve and it hasn't been without compromise. You know, I've worked late nights, early mornings. I've worked really tirelessly on my learning. And I just don't think that yeah, the my sales confidence is high, so I I feel like I'm able to rely on my sales skills, which fundamentally you need for business. And since I'm going to be training others to to establish their their sales skills, that's a pretty good thing, I think. And also my total self belief that I can help others, and because those are two unwavering like components to the venture, yeah, it's just meant that I've been able to propel myself forward. And I've I've said yes to everything, you know, like audience building has been my main focus this year. And it has been invaluable. And I wouldn't have been anywhere without establishing the brand before the product, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Let's have a look a little bit more around that reaction to getting a job. So (laughs) can I ask, when you set up your travel business, did you drive straight into entrepreneurship or was there a period of time where you were an employee when you were employed in a corporate? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, so I was always employed from graduating to then we I had several jobs and, and then had young children. And when we relocated for my husband's work, I, by definition, left my job because we we moved. Actually, I'd probably still be employed by them now because I could have been working virtually, couldn't I? But then a few years ago, if I wasn't in Bristol, I wasn't going to be in the office. I couldn't stay there. And I had two young girls, a one-year-old and a three-year-old and still, you know, feeding all night, up all night with the baby. The three-year-old never slept. She didn't sleep until she was like six. So I started my first business sort of part-time You know, my travel business, it was in a new location, no friends, no clients uh, and two small girls. So that was difficult. It was really difficult to establish that business from nothing. But it put me in a really strong position to do it again and replicate exactly. Although I was selling a different service, ultimately what I'd done in my for my first business, I could build on to launch the second. And so all that networking, all that, all those connections I'd made for my first business have absolutely come across to my second business. So although it's a 10-month-old business, I've been in business there's still only three years. So many of my travel clients are now actually sales training clients, which is quite bonkers, isn't it? Because you wouldn't think it would be a natural cross-sell, but it's about establishing what you do and who it's for and then we're, we're playing to your strength and this is I mean that just sounds like the epitome of networking and
0: building those business connections isn't it it's not about whether they do convert to clients or not although obviously it's great when they do but a business network and those connections that you make and those friendships that you make will transverse the services the products the businesses that you're offering whatever stage you're at so
1: yeah and that's why it's important to when you're launching a new business that you don't purely focus on on just the end product because ultimately you need a client base and that's what I've always really focused on first so I asked this I asked this in the business lounge the quite early on when I put it together like what comes first the chicken or the egg like what comes first the audience or the product and for me I have been working on building that audience and finding my feet within the brand and within the space and feeling allowed to be feeling as if I'm practicing a little bit for the first few months and just trying to feel it out and having some practice practice products where I was doing some sales training and delivering sales courses, but ultimately they weren't quite right. Because I think at the end of those, I was like, all right, good luck. Okay, bye. To the to the participants and not really knowing if I well, I wasn't in a position to help them implement. So now having, you know, 10 months in, I've redefined my product range. So there's an element of continued support and community around the sales training because without it, I can't be sure that they're implementing and truly benefiting from taking the actions needed day by day to elevate their sales. So, you know, business, if you allow it business can grow and you can be cry- proactive and reactive at the same time. And that's what I mean to be agile in agile in your approach and not to be too totally fixed from the beginning as to what it is that you do because you might be feeling out, you might not be sure. You know, so your products can take time to make themselves known, you know, the uh, the perfect product has to suit the problem. But you when you first first start, you might not fully grasp what problem it is that you solve as a small business owner so you know we can't know it all at once and our businesses will forever evolve but it is working on what you have already and leveraging that to your advantage and I feel like that's what that's been really beneficial to my business.
0: I love that approach to it I love having that understanding of where your core strengths are and the an idea around the solutions that you want to bring without having them fully formed almost like they're just kind of a bit of a bit of a loose jelly former and then having that audience and building that growth and listening to them helps you then help make that make shape, make, make that make shape, helps that form a shape and that shape then becomes the services that you offer in response to both your strengths and your area of expertise and knowledge and all of that wonderful stuff that comes with you in reaction to the audience and that proactive and reactive balance is something that can be very tricky to manage particularly if you try and think about it too hard I think
1: absolutely (laughs) it has to be that you need you need an element of fluidity to your approach but you do also need an approach
0: yes yes. (laughs) yeah you (laughs) You need to have an outline that you can fill I think but be understanding that it may it may change in flux and flux and
1: it's a trial and error you know everybody's seen my wins because i showcase them i i tell i celebrate my own wins as i do my clients but i don't necessarily say oh that really didn't work hmm. you know i take stock of it but i don't need to say that to my audience so it's as if the failures are a useful learning curve not something for me to be scared of. I'm not scared of failing. I'm not scared of doing it wrong because I feel like I have to, in order to feel out what some, what I'm doing, right. It's about learning. It's it's all about learning, isn't it? You know, self-development and reflecting on on what you're really good at and recognizing your weaknesses, but working with them and not against them and outsourcing, frankly, (laughs) you can help. Well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, find, find the yin to your yang in business. So my nemesis is admin, you know, so um, I'm just not really organized, like in filing that. I just don't like it. So I don't try too hard. Like I focus on sales and delivery. And I hope that somebody else will pick up my
0: admin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would encourage people to do more than hope, but yes, I'm in the same space as you, where I'm like, I'm not naturally organized and naturally not interested in being organized so it can be Mm. challenging but that's a brilliant segue through to kind of the next thing that I'd love to talk to you about you said that you celebrate your wins and that you learn from your mistakes which is obviously a healthy approach to the way to kind of grow and develop your business but are there any key moments either key successes or key hardships along the way that have kind of taken you by surprise something that you weren't expecting that's kind of shaped how your your approach to business has developed.
1: Oh, it's a big question, isn't it? it is. <laughs> I think when I launched the Elevate Circle, which was what 2 months ago, maybe less than 2 months ago. It was quite recent. I can't tell you how terrified I was. Like it it was so unbelievably scary that it was never it never crossed my mind that I wouldn't do it, but did I want to? not particularly, to put yourself up when you've got an established audience, you've got a new product, you're trying to invite people to come and work with you. You are absolutely putting yourself up for rejection. And that potential rejection can, you know, it's going to hurt and it won't be private because everyone will have seen you do it. And you're a sales trainer. So if you can't sell your own product, then frankly, no one should come to you for sales training. So the pressure internal mostly. And the terror was, you know, it was really, really scared. And that morning, I still hadn't worked it out. I still, I was still just selling a concept. You know, I hadn't built the course, I hadn't created the course. All I was selling was an idea of, does anybody want to create an entrepreneurial community with me? And I'll provide the sales training. And genuinely, by that afternoon, I think I had two or three Clients next day, it was about eight, it was eight by day four, and I closed it at that point. And I was like, wow, so a community can begin with nine people, right? Yeah, and then a few more people joined, and a few more people joined, and we're now absolutely perfect at 40. I think it's 14 now for a first launch to have a fantastically vibrant community, having said yes, and there to have been quite a lot of interest, and yes, maybe next time, and and all the rest of it. I'm like, wow, that that's now been validated. You know, yes, this is providing a solution to a lot of people's problems. But the first time you put it up and it's an idea that is still jelly, you know, I still say to them, I'm still responsive to your needs that I haven't still not fully defined. Because the minute I'll try and define it, I feel like I'll kill it. You know, that I'll structure it to death. You know, you don't want, you can't itinerize your conversations, can you? you? You need to have space for that fluidity and for people just to have a space for them to come and be vulnerable in business ask questions that they would have nowhere else to ask you know and for me to be able to give my opinion and advice it's um it's a really informal but yeah good exciting space so that I think was quite defining in terms of me just feeling like yes and miss you've got this and having just been like oh my god I've had a disaster you know last year it was an absolute roller coaster. I remember sitting around just like grieving my, my first business. Like I really lost it. And I'd cancel every, I was like the grim reaper of holidays. Like everybody would call and I'd just be cancelling and I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not going, you know, I've got to re like, there was so much work. I can't tell you in like unpicking all of those holidays and it being a really challenging time on top of having the pandemic, of course. Mm-hmm. And then to just flip it into opportunity and to flip it into conversations that are not like, oh yeah, you know, isn't this awful? Oh. I'm not interested in awful. I'm interested in, you know, focusing wholeheartedly on what you can do and not what you can't do. That's what this year's been about. And and it's worked, and I can't believe it, you know.
0: <laughs> and long may it continue. <laughs>
1: well, this is just the beginning. I feel like I like my post the other day was not you know, I'm not saying to anybody that I've made it. All I'm saying is that I've started and I'm happy to share anything and everything that I know about business to help others. And I don't know it all, but between us, you know, we can crack it. So yeah, it's exciting and it's terrifying. And if I think if I was that scared and I'm a confident seller, then my, the people who I'm working with and my clients, when they say it's scary, I'm like, I know it is scary. It's scary to put your name on your own brand and represent yourself and represent your ideas and for people to have the opportunity to be like, that's rubbish. But they don't, do they?
0: No. And if they do, then again, it's that whole then it's not for them. (laughs) Mm. So we've talked a lot around the business journey so far, but let's talk a little bit around the business from a branding perspective, because that's where my love is. And I know that you mentioned before that you are passionate about branding as well. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more around the branding aspect of your business or businesses. It's completely up to you which one you want to dive into. So let's start with the thing that seems to trip up a lot of people, which is the business name. How did you come up with the name for your business? And how did you come up with the name for your product as well? I'm really, really curious. Yeah.
1: So I think, I guess there's sort of three questions there. So originally my travel business is a franchise and therefore you're putting someone else's cloak on. You're putting somebody else's brand on. And I can embody that brand to a certain extent, but that brand does not embody me. And when I thought I wanted to create sales training with Envys, I was so excited to be able to rewrite the script of what sales training would look like. Did I say it to you already? I remember sending my sister my mood board for my sales training, and she was like, why is there a fish on it? Why is there a peacock on it? Why is there so much gold in it? And I'm like, because sales training is a wonderful thing. You know, it's not just boring, corporate, dry, pulling teeth kind of business. You know, our business is And selling should be enjoyable and wonderful, frankly, and eye-catching, you know. And I wanted to build a brand that had a really strong identity that whether I was there talking or not, somebody would look at it and know it was me without without much thought. And I did, I worked with a graphic designer. She was also a branding expert, although I didn't pay her for it because I couldn't afford her. She was very generous with her insight. So she made me a logo. I sent her a a picture of a pair of doors, and I was like, I want like a bullseye. I don't know if you've seen my logo. It's like two bullseye in a sandwich, and it's got my name in the middle. And I use it for everything. Like I reuse the logo to for my messaging everywhere. So it's a really. I feel like I actively try and create a really cohesive brand and a show stopping brand. I don't think this is the time to be beige in business and why be beige when you can be something else and you know our brand speaks to our audience before we get to say anything so my brand identity has been a massive focal point of me it's it's not by accident that it it has such impact when you look at it it is very considered and I just don't want it to look really boring you know (laughs) because I don't think selling and sales training is boring And I speak to a lot of people who would be like, oh, I can't speak about my topic because it's really boring. I'm like, no, people kill the conversation. You can either kill it or you can kill it. (laughs) Inflection is important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. When I speak to branding experts, I get really excited because I'm like, it's just so important. It is the launch pad for our businesses. It is how we feel about our business. We need to have pride in how we appear. And our presence needs to be defined by something which is outside of just our voice, because people aren't always just listening to us. They need to be looking at my LinkedIn. They need to look at my website, Facebook, my group, my Instagram, and just be like, oh, yeah, that's the same person. That is the same brand. There's a continuity. And for it to pack emotional punch you know a, a nice
0: one yeah. <laughs> 100% and it's really it's really interesting that you said that because we've talked a lot about the buyer's journey in the previous episode and the buyer's journey is very much kind of the emotional and informational journey that um buyers go through in order to move from potential client to client but with branding it is a visual journey that they experience as well and it goes alongside and sometimes it's parallel and sometimes it's a part of the same process but The visual journey that our audience members go through really does help move them along that buyer's journey. It really, it's it's like having a map to make sure that they're hitting those key beats that yes, I'm emotionally connecting, not only with the words that you're choosing to use, but the way that you're representing those to me across your different channels, across your marketing and across your visuals, because if there's that disconnect there, they'll find it harder to put their trust in you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we really need to make it easy for our clients to recognise us. We need to help ourselves build our reputation. And that means we have to build it first. You know, we need to give it a foundation to build from. And that means to be cohesive and intentional. Intentional seems to be my word of the day, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Intentional is a good word. And it's also important from their perspective that they don't feel lost along the way.
1: Yeah, or intimidated. Yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So I think sales training, there is something slightly intimidating about it. There's something quite cold about it, you know, the words themselves. And I want it to be a really inviting space. So you asked about the Elevate Circle and how I decided on the name. Um, Do you like it, by the way, the name Elevate Circle? (laughs) Mm. I feel like success for me isn't something that I want to achieve by myself. You know, I don't want to go to a party by myself. I want to do it as part of a community. And I think circle really embodies what I stand for, really. Like we don't have to do this alone. And there's something about support in circle and something about a coming together and and that it's never ended. You know, you don't learn to sell and then leave. It is layered learning again and again and again. It is about hearing the same tips and advice and interpreting something new from it again and again. And my sales process and everything about inside the Elevate Circle follows a circular journey. So it has lots of layers to it. And then Elevate, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of accelerators out there and things like that, which I feel are a little bit harsher. They're a good word for that audience, but I think Elevate, to Elevate feels a little bit more graceful and Again, considered.
0: considered and intentional. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and that it's a continuation. It's just not that we're just accelerating somewhere and then that that and, that, and then we're launched in you know we just carry on. And I wanted it to, I really wanted it to be something a mem- memorable. So I didn't want to just call. So I have a signature program. I needed it to have it's a brand in its own right. And I think our product ranges can have a brand in their own right, sitting underneath our umbrella businesses. And so now people, people on the Elevate Circle say I'm in the Elevate Circle, you know, and so that has a distinct space of its own, which I think I didn't realise how powerful that would be. It is almost like an accidental, happy coincidence I mean I thought about it but I didn't realize it would be as impactful as it has been because people talk about it now you know it's got a reputation in its own right uh, beyond me which is an interesting dynamic
0: (laughs) well that's the dream with business isn't it is that you can be as involved or as hands-off as you want to be with your business and it can still be successful when you've built it in that way so having people recognize and, and associating themselves with the products that you've created is just testament to the fact that it was the right product created at the right time to the right people.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's early days, you know, it's it's in its first month, but it's so it's still, as I say, everything's a baby in this business, but it's being nurtured and I don't want a hands-off business, actually. I love everything about being a hands-on business. I might not want to work quite so many hours as I did earlier in the year but yeah it's it's a it's a good space for for the people that's on there as well as being a good space for for me like I also enjoy it you know it's not just something that the clients benefit from they also you know as I say learning is multi-layered and for us to really engage with our learning we have to enjoy it we have to get those quick quick wins and you know instant gratification by connecting with others otherwise it gets so dry and boring and we just it becomes another course that we've picked up and and goes gets dusty on a shelf you know we need to be able to it's it's my duty really to make it easily digestible and actionable and have real impact into the members businesses and lives
0: yeah I think that it's really telling that the language that you use kind of reflects your approach that has come across in both the conversations that we've had both this one and in the last episode and it is that considered and that intentional but also something that I want to touch on is that very confident and relaxed approach to it as well which for me comes across in your community which is the business lounge and for me that's like that has that sense of confidence, but relaxed approach where you can go and you know that it is going to be business, but at the same time, it's going to have a relative informality to it as well with that balance. It's a
1: lounge. Yeah. It's just a lounge. You know, it's, um, I feel like, you know, it's nice to have a space where people sort of chit chat and Can that? Yeah, that that group has a real community of its own by now, which it is what I was trying to do. But it's almost been a surprise that it has been so effective. You know, I'm like, oh, so now I just have to carry on. You know, sometimes we're all looking for like a silver bullet or like, but what do I actually have to do? And actually, maybe we're doing so much right, and actually, we just carry on and do these little actions that by themselves mean nothing. You know, one post about me being quite informal, do nothing. It's a drop in the ocean, but on a consistent basis, I'm in there. I give quite a lot of my personal self to my professional self. And I don't actually think I define between them anymore. You know, I'm just me. So that I think really helps my ideal clients find me because they can resonate with different versions or different aspects of my character and not just my professional self if I was just trying to be really professional sales trainer oh god it's just (laughs) I just think I mean it's laughable isn't it because I'm so much more and so my clients my clients are not just the businesses that they represent and that they own they are also full humans with with personal lives and and family and financial pressure or successes or, you know, life that is behind that business that you you can't unpick when you're on your own.
0: Yeah, it's that elusive balance that we're always always told that we should be striving for. But a friend of mine always said that it's more of a blend than a balance. And I think that that's where it comes across much
1: easier. I love that. I'm going to write that <laughs> blend, <laughs> blend, not balance, because I always, always say it's like, Integration, you know, work life, just it's just they're interwoven, and it's it's so much pressure to try and pigeonhole ourselves when we're, you know, we're working virtually. I'm I'm at home, you know, I'm not a different person when I go out of my office. I'm still the same person, you know. If somebody would see me at the school gate, and I've got a lot of clients at the school gate, so I actually I do wear makeup to go to the school now, which is quite ridiculous, but I'm still a version of me that is aligned with my personal self as well as my professional self because if they were really disjointed it would be exhausting wouldn't it and so it's too it's too difficult to pretend for very long so yeah the business lounge has become a space for community building and building an audience isn't easy if you're not allowing yourself to share you know just share share your story I suppose But for them to recognize how they could be a part of that story is really important because I think we hear a lot about storytelling and marketing. But actually, people really need to be able to see where they would fit within that, which for me has actually proactively try and have that kind of conversation when in some of my longer posts. I want people to see how if I can do it or if I'm doing it, that they can see how they would be alongside me. Do you see what i mean
0: yeah it's it's storytelling with the opportunity for others to either reflect or contribute and kind of add to that story um with their own experiences storytelling and marketing is it's wonderfully effective when done right but i feel like some of the ways that it's taught out there is
1: tell your story and it's like people don't want to be told at <laughs> no no don't be preachy you know reading is a conversation that you have with yourself and the writer isn't it so you've got to this is the, this is the stuff that I'm talking about like self development all year I have I have invested quite a lot into training programs and I've invested an awful lot into my fitness and I can't tell you how impactful it has been to my business like they're so separate but the confidence has come because I'm really um, I'm doing a lot of fitness, and I wasn't before that
0: blend again, though, isn't it? Because what you're choosing to do and prioritising in your personal life is having that effect on the blend through to your business.
1: Oh, this is becoming a therapy session now.
0: <laughs> there we go. Always oh, do. Doing... <laughs> Let's bring it back to um, to business and more importantly to marketing as well. Let's have a focus on your marketing because you've spoken about how you kind of edged on prioritizing the balance of building the audience whilst you were still establishing your business which is something that I feel is always coveted by every business owner is that you want to build that audience build that kind of growth and reputation and sense of community but when it comes down to your marketing for let's let's use this business with your sales training and the Elevate Circle what have you found to be your most effective or your favorite marketing method for
1: your business? So actually I would usually say that your favorite is often the most effective just because if you're playing to your strengths then you're putting yourself in a position of power really so the audience building in the business lounge generally has been about inviting conversation into that space then for the launch of the Elevate Circle and what worked really really well was a series of free webinars I did six and they were small webinars with like between 4 and 10 people so you'd think that that sounds like a rubbish webinar because there's no one on it but actually it was perfect it was what they were designed to hold because i wanted them to reflect what it would be like to be on the elevate circle and have that space to speak one you know within a small group with me and for it to be a safe space for people to come and have an interactive webinar not that i was just talking at like them that they were actively bringing their sales struggles and proactively leaving with sales solutions so I could help intimately really even on that free webinar and the conversion rate was really really good to those and I did really enjoy them because it meant that I get to speak directly with my target audience and even the people who aren't converting yet chances are they will have me in the back of their mind somewhere. I think if I was to try and have a webinar with like Hundred people, it wouldn't suit my style. It'd be so far removed from what I ultimately then deliver, you know. So, your marketing can take elements of what you do for your paying clients, and I think a major difference between you know my free stuff and my paid stuff is I tell people a lot what to do, and my paid stuff is like I tell them how to do it, you know. So, um, in the business lounge, I ask a lot of questions. And in the Elevate Circle, I answer them. So there's a real like, difference. But the webinars have been really, really effective and uh, really enjoyable. And um, not only enjoyable for me, but hopefully for the participants. So I need to make, make do more of those. But my marketing, you know, nobody's ever done. You know, when we look at these big businesses or small businesses who are doing really well and they're like, oh, they must have it totally figured out. I'm not one of those businesses. <laughs> my email list needs building on my newsletters I need to get more consistent with my newsletters um I need to write an ebook, and I want a podcast you know there's we all have ideas but ideas don't really matter it's what we do with them that really count and as I said at this beginning of this call I am really really good at implementing so if I say I'll do it the chances are I'll probably do it and if it doesn't work then I won't worry too much about it. And then I'll focus more on the one that does work. So, you know, business is trial and error and the confidence to just try it out and test the water is absolutely key, you know. Oh, and networking, general networking. So I'm part of a Athena networking group and that has been invaluable. I got all of my uh, original clients from there, although the majority of my clients now come from the business lounge. Interesting.
0: And when it comes to networking, was networking something that you did with your first business as well? And how have you found the difference between online networking with this one and kind of in person with the other one?
1: Both play to my strengths, to be fair. I think I'm a confident talker. So that was really good. Also, when I launched this business, I'd had two years of networking experience. And I think it is experience. You know, when you first go to networking for your first business, you are going to be miles different to how you approach your networking two years later. And, you know, the relationships that I've built, the connections I've made, and probably some of the conversations that I did really, really badly, you know, just, just wasn't, I didn't know how to network, you know, no, you learn, don't you? But by now it's a, it's a really um, effective client attraction strategy i do a lot of the talks now i actively go and do business development talks for anybody who who wants them really and they they have been really high converting probably as just as high converting as the webinars so if i i tend to think that if i do a talk i'll probably get one or two clients out of it which is you know it means that it's worth pursuing for me so you know it's about figuring out what works for you and what you enjoy but the virtual ones i think are brilliant they do it's it's a shadow of what it is to meet in person so that's why for my own community I am going to be having sp- spontaneous events for no reason you know just for the sake of putting the people in the room together or not even the room I want to go on walks to a pub <laughs> or nice. do, you, do you know what I mean like walk and talk so we have our one-to-ones in person or whatever um, networking I think <laughs> it's called now <laughs> Um so <laughs> You can hear from my voice that in the way I'm talking, like these ideas are, are new. I put it to the group. I ask what they want to do. I'm responsive to that, and and see what people want and enjoy and refine it from there. But and not pretend that I have all the answers and that I know exactly what I'm doing because it is, you know, we're all learning together, aren't we? And I think I think I need to be able to say that with confidence so others don't feel like they're wrong if they don't have it all together. I think when we're looking to the people who have, if I look at people who I think are doing really, really well and they say, yeah, um, I don't always know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, that's such relief, nor do I, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's that relatability, isn't it? And I think that, that particularly when you're dealing with a subject like sales where people generally have their misconceptions, they have their predetermined perceptions around what it is and what it involves and how they feel about it, Breaking that down and just approaching it in a new way with every part of you is just gonna make it the whole process feel more inviting and comfortable and transformational to be honest because you're transforming their perceptions of what sales can be and is and that is just yeah a fantastic place to start I got
1: the most amazing Monday morning message this morning at like seven o'clock you know like I don't look at the notification on LinkedIn but I did because you know my phone pinged and I looked at it and and the lady was like, I've just had the best couple of months in two years having worked with you. And I'm like, ah, Amazing. the reward, you yeah. know. And this is what we do, isn't it? We have to think about the transformations that we bring our clients. And, you know, if we can identify with that, then it's much easier to sell. And if we can get comfortable with selling, it can become more enjoyable. It's a, It just seems like such a shame to resent this huge part of, yourself within the business because you have to be a salesperson you know there's no way around it is there there's just no it's inevitable (laughs) and you know we have to have faith in our brand we have to have faith in our vision our ideas we're not just selling our product or our service you know people came onto the Elevate Circle without having any idea what it was I didn't know what it was but I was. I knew it was going to be good they bought into you and they bought into your approach and they bought into your
0: brand and that that has so much power
1: to it yeah but that's um that's what I mean that that's what our small businesses can do. We don't have to have it all figured out. And yeah, it's exciting and terrifying in equal measure, you know, day in, day out. Absolutely. 100%. So... Let's wrap
0: up the episode here. I feel like there has just been, again, so much value and so much information in there that I just, yeah, I feel like I need to go away and kind of percolate and reflect on our conversation. It's been incredible hearing how your business has developed, particularly in such a short amount of time as well, and with such confidence. So, my last question for you today, then, Envis, is from everything that we've talked about today and from your business journey, and I know that it's a big question, what would be kind of the one key message that you'd like the listeners to take away from everything?
1: So I just think that there are two points. So taking action has impact, massive impact. The ripple effects of small, like consistent actions is huge for your business. Equally, the cost of inaction is just as powerful. Sitting there, not helping yourself not doing the little things that could ultimately change the you know the the direction of your business it's important to recognize the cost of inaction because I think it comes up a lot in in how I would approach any objections for not investing in sales training you know it's like you can see the cost of how much it costs to invest in sales training, but you can't see the cost of the inaction of not investing in your sales training. That's going to be so, how many lost, how many lost sales have you had? How many lost conversations have you had? How many opportunities have you not converted because there was no skill behind, behind it? And so I would just shine a light really on the things that you're not doing in your business, because you are going to be doing so much right. There's going to be so much. Everybody who's got an established business is doing so much right. But there'll be things that can be fine tuned, refined. And even if it's just helping your confidence level, that in itself is reason enough to develop whatever area that you need work on. So, yeah, it's just uh, self-belief, maybe just um and when you're feeling fretful or full of self-doubt is to go back to basics really reconnect with what it is that you sell who it's for and why they should choose you and are you making it easy for people to buy from you people make it unbelievably difficult Yeah, make it easy for your clients to buy from you. That's a
0: whole other conversation that I have on my list to have on this podcast, which is how to make it easy for your clients to, to make that sale for both sides. But before we go down on a massive second tangent and do a whole other set of episodes, let's wrap it up here today. So where can the listeners find more of you online, Envis?
1: Okay, so I'll direct you in two places. So my call to action is always the same place come and join the business lounge. It is a free, fabulous business community on Facebook. Um, So search the business lounge. And then if you want to Google the Elevate Circle, Google the Elevate Circle and look at what my paid program is about, because I help small business owners go from sales, self-doubt to sales, self-belief and give them the tools to elevate their sales. And, you know, there's so much help there.
0: Absolutely. And we'll put all of the links in the show notes as well, listeners. So if you want to go and find out more about what Invis does, have a look at her communities, have a look at her programs. You can find all of the links in the show notes. Thank you so, so much for joining me again today. It has just been absolutely wonderful to hear about your business journey and congratulations on the way that it's kind of helped you move through the pandemic, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's been a roller coaster, but thank you for listening.
0: I think it usually is, let alone amplified by everything else that has been going on so <laughs> oh thanks Tommy perfect so listeners if you are enjoying the podcast can i ask that you tell one other person about the brand lounge maybe recommend your favorite episode maybe recommend this episode to them it means that we can continue to grow continue bringing you new episodes and new guests every week and until next time head over to our instagram community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the brand lounge